Alright, welcome back to another edition of the South Dakota GFP Podcast and Blast. Special thanks to my boys from Britain, Bus 9, Jared Gardner, Larry Haven, and the boys for letting me use that banger of a song from back in the day. Um, got a good one. It's Labor Day for a lot of people. Labor Day means, I don't know, state fair, end of summer. Um, but for a lot of people, it means dove hunting, beginning archery. Uh, fall is almost here, folks. And uh, for a lot of us, that's why we live here. Um, got a really cool episode today talking to a couple of buddies of mine, uh, Chad Keel and Kurt Underhill. Got a really cool opportunity for youth in South Dakota to come out and have an amazing, seriously amazing, uh, coyote hunt. So, uh, hold on tight, a lot of laughs, and thanks for listening. Finally gets co-host status. Who's demanding? You did last episode. Oh yeah, I did. For about three minutes. Then. Co-host uh, Nick Harrington. Nick, how are we doing today, bud? Sounds like I need something else to whine about because now I'm co-host. <laughs> yeah, so you we'll got work. Nebraska. Now you got Nebraska football to whine about. So hey, we're still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we're joined actually in person. This is the first in-person uh, podcast we've done in. Probably. I don't like that they can look at us. Yeah. <laughs> They might jump over the table and punch us, too. <laughs> Joined with uh, Kurt Underhill and Chad Keel. Boys, how are we doing today? Good. We're doing all right. All right. Beautiful dove opener. All right. And uh, it's, uh, I know they're friends, but it is a little bit of a, of a odd couple pairing because you got a guy who's known across the land for fishing and fishing tournaments. You got a dude over here in Chad who's a good fisherman, but he's also known as probably one of the guys who's madder at coyotes and predators. So, you're kind of trying to mix them together. So I don't, I, I'm not really sure how that mix goes. But you and I are friends, and we're opposite too. So I, I, I think the producers of the show just wanted to see what would happen with that too. So you know, they survived the pilot episode. I'm pretty sure. So this is kind of this is an interesting pairing. Right. <laughs> So, uh, Chad and Kurt are here to talk about a pretty cool and pretty certainly unique um, event that's going to go on in a couple weeks. Um, boys, let's talk about kids and let's talk about predator hunting. Yeah, so uh, the Predator Hunter Association is a collaboration of, like uh, Chris said, with my tournament background and Chad's uh, coyote background we decided to team up and make something unique in south dakota for running coyote tournaments um, kind of bring what i do in the fishing world to the hunting world where chad knows uh, the ins and outs of coyote tournaments um he re i rely on him 
for all the data on coyotes, and he pretty much relies on me for all the data of weighing things. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like I tell people, like when I start my bass tournament, like it, they all weigh the same. You right. put it on the scale, right. you do the same process. It, it's anybody can do it. Um, but so we kind of teamed up to do that, and then. You know, Chad has done in the past and over the years um, a youth coyote hunt, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Mainly is the youth coyote hunt we got coming up uh, in September, September twenty uh, second, and that's going to be out of the Outpost Lodge uh, rules meeting on Friday night, and then the kids will be paired up with um, hunters, um, some of the best coyote callers around that hunt all our other tournaments to go out and. Uh, try to see how many coyotes they can bring in it doesn't cost the kids a thing um there's prizes to be given away we've got a rifle for the first place kid um a bunch of other stuff everybody will probably leave there with a little grab bag so it's it's going to be kind of cool um so we you know and and kind of get out there teach these kids of what you're looking at doing coyote hunting um the different calling techniques um and the and, and safety behind it Right. Uh, first and foremost, the safety behind it and what's an ethical shot, what's not. I mean, we're, we're talking a predator, but ethics in hunting come in majorly um, when we're teaching these youth, no matter what we're doing. Yep. 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 And the kids are the only ones that are allowed to run the gun in this tournament. Um, the adults, they're strictly to be the mentor, um, you know, and teaching the kids how to ethically hunt. Sure. So uh, it's not necessarily a prefabbed team so if i have a kid and you guys know i I know nothing about coyotes Mm -hmm. but if my daughter wanted to come and hunt i can sign her up you're going to put her with a coyote caller or a a predator hunter like you chad and and so you have those people already lined up and then they get to go out with that that person so i don't have to take her out and go we're going to sit here on a hill and get eaten by mosquitoes and stand here and you're going to hate me at the end no i have i have some coyote hunters lined up that don't have kids i've you know we're doing 25 um and out of the 25 some of them guys already had kids lined up sure um but we do have a few that don't have kids so we have some opening spots for for a few kids if kids are interested and want to do it and this is a mentored hunt um so they don't have to be hunt safe in this particular one if they are hunt safe, if there's a couple buddies like my nephew and his buddy are looking at doing it they're both hunt safe so we can pair them with one one hunter because they're both right. hunt safe but if it's a mentor um then we're putting you one-on-one right so um they don't have to be even be hunt safe for this event yep. cool and so one thing too because hold knows more about coyotes than i do here so that's <laughs> that's kind of frightening um <laughs> scary. but i mean something we're Nick, do you know with? anything about anything that doesn't swim <laughs> and, and i know they can't <laughs> swim by the way <laughs> and i know nothing about myself so that answers that question <laughs> <laughs> I know I know Nebraska football doesn't know how to swim either. I'll tell you that much after what I saw last night. Um but anyways, I mean, you know, one thing Chris and I are familiar with is that hooked on hardwater event, which same thing kind of pairs a pro with uh pairs a pro right. with a youth. I mean, what do you hear from these hunters? I mean, I have to assume it's great for the kids, but it has to be a really rewarding it's, it's experience. It's just as good for the hunters. Um I know the years past when we did this, uh we have an article out where we interviewed the kids and the hunters, um, a couple of the hunters, including myself. I mean, it's you get more enjoyment watching those kids right. mm-hmm. shoot their first coyote, or it, may, it might not even be their first coyote, but you know they're 
when they see it done right and stuff and watch them get hooked, it's, it's way more enjoyable than going out and doing it myself. Yeah. Um, how many years have you been doing this? Uh, this will be the third year of doing the youth. Right. Youth. We took a little break there. Um, the COVID thing kind of put a kibosh on it the one year. Um, now we're going to, we're going to go back and try doing it again here. And it's, it's really enjoyable. Sure. And, and the reason we do it in September is so these kids aren't out here when I call Chad in February and it's 14 below and he's <laughs> walking into a set. Right. We want it enjoyable. We don't want their first experience being out there absolutely miserable, freezing, right. cheat, yep. teeth chattering. So in September, the weather can be nicer, um, and I'll let you go into how the dogs are going to work, why we choose this time of year. Well, so in September, you're, you're dealing with, uh, the pups are still, you know, they're just getting kicked out of the den at this point. So they're, they're close around to mom and dad, and you're going to call in some younger, not experienced coyotes, right. not college-educated coyotes. So it's going to give these kids a lot, a lot more of a chance to have up close experience with the coyote coming in right not and i know like you know with my daughter when we're, when we're deer hunting and we're sitting in a blind you know first year easy shot a deer second year we ground grounded out and like every day we'd be sitting in the blind and we'd see a coyote and you know you smooch him in or you even get him to within 100 yards and she's dad can i shoot it dad can i shoot it and it's like no we're deer hunting you know <laughs> finally let her shoot one and, and it came it came running in and uh, i had a little little deer decoy out and it came running up and, and it was a young dumb coyote even in in november and she smoked that thing and man she ran up and she grabbed it by the tail and i was i was shocked because i would i was gonna think she was gonna be like yeah that's a you know it's a dog quote unquote but she was just like yes you know pheasant eating sucker you know <laughs> so so that i i would think that you know coyote hunting is a little bit like turkey hunting because you're calling them and they come running in and, and even those experiences those encounters man if you can get them close and i know you know keel's got the got the skill to kill one at 800 yards but i can't even see that far with a good scope so <laughs> the, the first you, time i ever hunted with him he's like you see him coming and i'm like no <laughs> no no i don't no <laughs> Well, like as you were saying on the deer, deer hunt thing, it does not take much for me to turn a deer hunt. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen that happen. <laughs> I'm backwards on this. Right. I'm with the, oh, I don't want to frighten anything. Right. Yeah, they're used to don't, the coyote don't, running by. Don't mess up the deer hunt. If, if you ask Chad to go hunting, I guarantee this weekend when he's dove hunting, he's got his coyote calls around right. his neck. Like, he doesn't leave the house without him this time of year. Right. That's good. And But, you know, your point, Kurt, with, with it being cold and stuff, that, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I don't coyote hunt. In fact, a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Reber, he begged and begged and begged me to come coyote hunting with him. So I go, and of course it's zero. And I'm out there for 15 minutes. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to get my ice fishing gear and my heater. And I'm going to go sit on a lake and I'm going to drink a beer later. You know, I'm listening to a football game. So... That you know, that's that's a big part of it because you got to sit still, and if you're there in zero, and you got a kid who doesn't really know what he's doing and doesn't know if he wants to do this or not, it's going to be miserable. But in September, man, you do it in the morning. You watch the sun come up, and that's good stuff. So, what? So obviously, you got to be camoed up and stuff. If somebody's interested in this and they've got a kid that's interested in it, what do they need to bring? What do they, I mean, do they need to have the ghillie suit camel stuff, face paint, all this stuff? Or? You know, that, that's the great thing about September. I mean, they're going to have to have a little camel, but they're not going to have to be completely decked out. Um, 
you can get away with a lot with these early season coyotes. So that's that's the other good part about doing it this time of year. I know every time I go out, I'm just amazed. And when I go out in September, I'm just I can't believe what I can get away with. Right. Because you know, after December, you ain't getting away with anything like that. Yeah. I would imagine that if somebody called you and said, yeah, my kid's interested, we don't have a gun, we don't have any camo, uh, I would imagine that there's 50 people that would say, hey, I got some stuff you can buy for. Yeah, yeah, right. So, Chad, uh, we're all about personal biases here on this podcast, if you haven't noticed already. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, we talk about dove, we talk about grouse, we talk about pheasant, obviously deer. But, like, would you say that coyote hunting in September is early season coyote hunting, probably the biggest untapped underutilized resources i mean what are people missing out on doing this this time of year or is it more a february thing what would you say you know if if you really want to get out and get some shoot some coyotes september is a good time to go um you know and then once you get your hustle and bustle pheasant season and all that you got your hunters trips and all over um it starts educating these coyotes and they get a little harder harder to hunt um you know they get a butt full of pellets right (laughs) (laughs) that is usually a good learning experience for most of us (laughs) you know they like chad says they educate you know and they're you know they are a dog family species so think about your house dog you tell it to sit so many times you you yell for it outside it learns pretty quickly so when you're out there calling these things in, and I'm speaking well out of my range, so correct, <laughs> correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong here, Chad, that, um, you know, they're hearing these calls. And, you know, what I've learned from you over the years of being part of this um, deal is that dogs respond to different stuff. Like, you can get away somewhere with a distressed rabbit call. And out here, if you blow a distressed rabbit call, you might as well ring the ring the slaughter bell because they know what's going on and they're not coming in. But you know, this time of year, that distressed rabbit may bring them young dogs in because they don't know any different. But mom and dad are going to go, no, 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 we're not getting near that. You know, and the calls and sounds vary from season. You know, different seasons. You know, like this time of year, you're going to deal with, like I said, a lot of younger coyotes. Well, they're not aggressive, so. If you try anything aggressive with them, you're just going to intimidate them. They're not going to come in, you know, most of the time. You know, so if you do more of a distress prey call, that's going to be what's going to be kind of your go-to this time of year. Right. And when you get later on in the season, you know, you get to February and March when coyotes are pairing up and getting ready to start denning, then you can start challenging. And that's my favorite time of year to hunt because then I get to vocal and I always tell people I'm talking smack with them. You know? Right. Well, and that's the thing, and the kids are going to learn that, and that's what the mentors are there for, is to teach these kids. Like, you're going to see every one of them with, you know, I shouldn't say everyone, but most of them are going to have a neck full of, you know, hand calls, and then their hand calls, mouth calls, and then they're going to have their e-collar. And if you've ever looked at an e-collar, there's 400 yeah. different sounds. Right. Yep. And a guy like me that doesn't do it, what do you push? Yeah. Right? You just yeah, sit there and right. go through the gamut, right. and yep. how long to sit. Um, how long to let one certain call go, what we're looking for in a set. All these things are going to teach these kids the future of this sport. And realistically, you know, if you think about it, they're not going away. Right. Um, Game Vision Parks has, you know, their, um, their, their trapping, you know, deal with the tails. We can't keep up. No. I mean, so the more we do this out there, it's better for the livestock. It's better for all wildlife. And it's better for the ecosystem because, 
Chad always says, if there's a nuclear holocaust, the last two things on the earth are going to be a coyote and a cockroach. (laughs) (laughs) They know how to survive. So um, teaching these kids that this isn't just about killing something. It's about, yes, we are, and we're not eating them, you know, but we're protecting the things we're eating and protecting. Maybe you're an upland bird guy. Maybe you're a duck hunter. Maybe you're a deer hunter. Maybe you're a cattle rancher. We're just teaching these kids that this is part of the system to bring that back around and this is why we do it and it's a lot of fun doing it you know i i know a ton of coyote hunters and we we did it a little bit you know up in system when i was growing up but and you know there wasn't really e-collars in fact the first e-collar that i ever saw my buddy jim crease had one and it looked like a, a like a stereo like a boom box right it had detachable speakers it was silver for god's sakes you know so we're spray painting and stuff and we went out and we were we were shooting coons at night. So we put this call, this e-collar out by this old barn that he had and turn it on and about every five minutes, you know, you turn the light on and, oh, maybe there's one and you shoot it or whatever. And I remember we're sitting there in the dark and he hits the call and all of a sudden the call starts like sounding really weird, like just off. Turn on the light and two raccoons had the speakers and they are chewing on them and they totally wrecked it. So my buddy Jim just went, boom, boom, he shoots these coons, blows up the e-collar, and he goes, huh, most expensive coons I've ever shot, you know? But, you know, Central South Dakota certainly, and then you get West, it's getting more popular, and there's coyote contests, and we'll get into how, what you do at a coyote contest and how you win, but there isn't another one that I know of that is doing what you guys do, and that's, we're just taking, we're not even taking pairs. Like, it's not Crystal and his daughter. It's you bring your kid, we're going to put put them with somebody who we know is a, a good teacher and a, and a good predator caller and doing it because, yeah, it's fun and we want them to get experience, but it's also important to make sure, like what you were talking about, Kurt, make sure that this sport keeps going and, and growing because just like anywhere else, Keel's got his honey holes and his, his landowners that he works with and his, his family and they go out and hunt. There's a lot of ground out there that people don't have that. And and there's a lot of public ground, especially once you get out west, that you could go and, I would imagine, in the winter, go out and coyote call, and there's nobody around for 100 miles. So it's pretty cool stuff. Yep, yep. And, like, even the public access, I mean, there's there's plenty of places on public ground that you can go call a coyote. Yep. Now, here's, here's a question for you, kind of on that piece. I mean, working with landowners, obviously having good relationships, approaching people early in the season, even in February, approaching landowners and saying, hey, can I coyote hunt? Does that lead to opportunities for deer in other seasons? Have we found that? or how? It does. I mean, you establish a relationship with the landowner. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have cattle, and, you know, that's what they're, you know, they want the coyotes killed for their calf crop. Um, so, yeah, it, it opens up opportunities to whether it's pheasant hunting, deer hunting, you know, just the gamut right i would say it's like anything in the outdoors it's you know that's one great thing that's why i love the outdoors so much is you know all four of us are sitting in this room because of the outdoors right Mm -hmm. um we've made lifelong friendships with not other not only other hunters but landowners um other fishermen all the different things and that's what's teaching and, and doing it the proper way learning you know these kids aren't going to go up to a door we're not going to take them up to the door and knock on the door and say can we hunt but <laughs> Teaching the respect of the landowner, you know, what you bring in, you take out. You see a piece of garbage, you pick it up, you know. Do those things because these landowners, they may not notice it at the moment, but 
when you're done hunting and there's not shell casings and wrappers laying around and they, you know, they're, they're checking next spring and they don't see a bunch of garbage on their land that they know you brought in. That's the other part of it is teaching the proper way to do it. You know, make sure you're, if you see it, you know, you open a gate, you close the gate. I was just going to say, you know, close gates. You know, (laughs) you you, you do those proper (laughs) things and, um, and, and that's teaching the respect of it, you know, and, and I think we, we've, we overlook it a lot of times that in when we go out and do these things because the four of us in the room understand that if we open a gate, we close the it's gate. second gate you, nature now, right? You know, yeah. but um, some of these younger kids, well, we're going to drive back through that. Why are we shutting it? Well, because there's cattle over yeah. here and they can't be over here. Right. So just, just that ethica, the ethics of hunting in general behind this tournament is what I'm really excited about. So we're, you're looking for kids. They don't need partners. They don't need camo obviously got the guns for them mm-hmm. typically these these the 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 rifles you're shooting aren't these you know big deer rifles where it's going to crack somebody i mean you're shooting 22 250s and 243s and yeah 223 ars you know right. you can get away with a lighter caliber gun especially this time of year like yeah. said chad's going to drop one at 800 yards if it's if it holds up um if it holds up in this contest, it holds up. We're not, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to look for the next one to come in because we're not going to make them kids take right. that shot. Yeah. We want it, you know. Up close and personal. Up close and personal. When I started deer hunting with my daughter, I'm like, 150 yards is the farthest shot you're taking. Right. She says, well, I feel like I can shoot one further. And I'm like, it ain't happening. Right. Not until we understand that you know shot what you're doing and shot placement. Right. And, you know, so that's the thing is, it, and we don't want to wound these things any more than we want to wound a deer right no. you know no. i still take my deer shots at 150 yards what are you guys talking about <laughs> <laughs> wait do people don't do that that's getting out there for me it's a bit of a poke <laughs> so um how how do people sign up get a hold of one of you guys yep. they can go to our facebook page on the federal Hunter association or our website um my phone number's there. They can t- contact me. Um, I don't have. A, we don't have a registration on the website for this tournament. We're just putting together a group of people to go out and do this. Yeah, reach reach out to either one of us. Like I said, the Predator Hunters Association on Facebook, the Predator Hunters uh, doc, Association dot com. Um, you can look it up and Google it. You know, whatever we're there. So. Sign up. Our numbers are on there. Reach out to any th- any one of the three of us that are on there, and we'll get you locked into the contest. Sure. So September twenty second, we got a rules meeting out at the outpost. What time does that start? Seven p.m. Seven. Yep. Hour, hour and a half. Yep. Kind of get you introduced to your person. Talk about it. Get everybody comfortable. Yep. Then then you'll talk about okay, we got to be at O dark thirty. We're gonna meet whatever let's talk about a little bit about you know fishing tournament nick brings in one fish again <laughs> one <It's, laughs> kirk gives me stage fright i mean it's pretty good it's, it's 14 pounds you know, it's one fish it's a northern in a walleye tournament <laughs> it was a carp <laughs> but but so how do you go about obviously like you know keel comes he takes his kid out and they bring 11 coyotes in you know that's pretty good but is there weights involved? Is there like biggest coyote, just like biggest fish? What goes into that? So there's a, there's a combination. So how you win a, a contest is most dogs. So it's, it's always goes first foremost is how many dogs shoot. Like I said, some guy shoots eleven dogs. 
and the next team shoots 10, the 11 dogs are going to win. Uh, where the weight comes into factor are a couple different things. Is um, If two teams bring in 11 dogs, then you, the tiebreaker is the weight. Total weight. So we weigh each um, each dog individually, and then we calculate it into a total weight. So in that, we also do big dog and little dog. So um, that's why we weigh every dog separately, sure. and we go through the, the gamut of that. So um, as you said, you never know. I mean, we've had days where guys brought in 10 dogs early on, like, you're going to win it. And then I think the roadie a couple years ago was like 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 9. Right, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it all came down to breaking the ties by weight. So... Um, that's why we do that. We also, you know, in it, we make them block the mouth, put a tag in the mouth. Um, you document the time, you take a picture with that, you zip tie the mouth shut. And then when we get in, when they get in, we actually temp every dog. Yeah. It's just going to talk. We we record the temp. So that way that's how, you know, we're sending you guys statewide. Right. Um, and, and definitely in this contest is not anything we're worried about. But in any tournament, you're worried about people playing by the rules. So that way we can look back and say, okay, every dog shot at 8 to 8, 10 is in this temperature range. If we have one that's way colder right. or way hotter. Stiff as a board with tire tracks on. Yeah, yeah. and that's the other thing we're looking for. So we handle every dog. We're looking for, you know, snare marks, shotgun marks, um, you know, uh tire tracks snowmobile tracks <laughs> winter time whatever right. it may be because yeah. you got to do it ethical and you got to do it fair and this is a calling contest right. this ain't a running gun this ain't right. dogs chasing them down and bring you know killing them and doing that stuff like they yeah. do this is a true callers contest yep. Yep. i even had a guy last night ask me if he could you know bring a decoy dog which we do run a tournament randy roadie tournament that allows decoy dogs in it this tournament we're not allowing decoy dogs it's just strictly calling so these kids Learn how to call coyotes. Right. And and I went and helped with the Randy Rody with these guys one time. It's like CSI. I mean, there are temperature gauges, <laughs> and we're looking at, you know, like you said, you put a block in the mouth, and they're, I don't know, this one feels pretty stiff. It was just like, you know, like a crime scene investigation. <laughs> it was just like, and, and I get it. It's just. You don't, you don't see the backside of it, though, when I'm skinning the coyotes out. And, right. And, and checking, checking their bodies, you know. Right. Yeah. If, there, if there's a question, I, I will fill hides off coyotes. Right. But it, it's interesting. It's not just the, okay, we're going to weigh your fish. Okay, Nick, yeah. take your fish and clean them and stuff. It's There's a lot of stuff that goes on in that thing. It's pretty involved. I was going to say, Kurt tournaments, and I have to actually tag them. Those are actually kind of a pain for me. <laughs> yeah. so I actually feel pretty good about this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, it's a Kurt tournament. i got to tag the, tag the fish. <laughs> we also make them take pictures of the coyote after they shoot them and take it so right a timestamp picture yeah yeah and there's all you know there's video tournaments it doesn't count if yeah. they're on video it's there's a lot of different ways to do these coyote contests and it's pretty damn fascinating really well and this in the one thing we're missing on this youth thing is this is really an inexpensive sport when you think about it some camo rifle I mean, you can get into it for a $25 hand call, you right. know, mouth call. You don't you don't have to have a lot of stuff. Now you're Chad Keel and you have 42 calls around your neck and e-callers. And That's de- just the know. outdoors, Kurt. That's all yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. That's all it, 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 it's, like, it's like getting a guy out fishing. You need a rod and a hook, and then, you know, then all of a sudden you got $4,000 crankbaits you've never taken out of a package. And right. you go to Shields and you twitch when you walk right. down the aisle because right. I already have that one, but I don't have it in this color. Right. You know, I liked it when it was just hole against me. And, you know, all three of you guys on that trim. Okay hey, I'm on the same I'm on the same page. <laughs> I've got four fish eggs in my garage right now, so I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. um, 
this this is really cool, and I mean, I can't can't really stress it enough. But it's a lot of work. Obviously, it's a, September, so you know we could be archery hunting, you could be grouse hunting at that time, you could be dove hunting, you could be getting ready to do a hundred other things. It's a lot of work, and you guys are involved in a lot of events, just like I am, and just like Nick is. I mean, why do it? I mean, other than, you know, obviously that one-on-one moment, Chad, that you were talking about, you know, you see that kid get invested in it, and, and that's why I would mentor it. Well, why do it? it you, you know, Kurt, even you, it's, geez, he's, how much more do you need on your plate, right? It's youth involvement in the outdoors. I mean, we, we can sit here if it's, if it's coyote hunting, if it's pheasant hunting, if it's fishing, if it's anything. Um, we're losing them people left and right to video games to sports i mean to to whatever right um and there's kids that don't play sports that don't do these things that their parents may not have you know prime example is my nephew's coming up to hunt it and his buddy that he hunts with all the time his dad doesn't hunt at all and the kid like if i told him you got to be here in 40 minutes they live in Platte, that kid would figure out a way to run here in 40 minutes <laughs> right. to go hunting so um, getting these kids out there and it's, there's nothing more fun to me than when I watch a dad and a son back in, in a tournament and they're like, yep, yeah, we're just here to fish it. You know, um, we are probably not going to beat the guys up here, but you know, um, prime example is I've been running the governor's cup for, you know, 13 years this after this year. And I can remember Cody Hostler literally backing at the boat ramp, picking up Matthew, you. and we would carry Matthew and laying him in the bottom of the boat on a blanket. He's still asleep. And he was yeah. sleeping because he would get there so early. And even at takeoff, Matthew was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Right. To watching that, you know, getting invited to Matthew's graduation this year because he graduated from high school. I remember him, oh, you yeah, know, I just as a little tyke right. in that boat, holding up fish as big as him on the stage. That's why we do it. I mean, that's a hundred percent. And if you love the outdoors, I mean, I never coyote hunted. I never deer hunted until I moved up here. I we pheasant hunted, we duck hunted. I mean, so learning these things is a whole new aspect. I started bow hunting last year, you know. So I'm expanding it, and and maybe maybe the coyote thing ain't for you. Maybe you love to pheasant hunt, but you've never thought about shooting a coyote. Maybe you try it, and now all of a sudden it's like, why pheasant hunt? You know. Um, or, you know, this is something I can do when I can't pheasant hunt. You know, right. like we said, it, it kind of goes all year round. You know, you got your yep. early season. You're going to teach these dogs in September. You know, this last week has been like twitching for me every day knowing dove openers, mm-hmm. you know, today. And it's like, we could have been out coyote hunting this whole week. You know, yep. we could have, you know, if, if we didn't have anything else going on, we want to scratch the itch per se, we could have went out coyote hunting. You know, so that's... That's the thing is getting these kids involved in the outdoors. Um, it's it's been a focus of mine. Um, I'm on the Delta Waterfall chapter. Our first priority in Delta Waterfall at the Pier chapter is youth involvement in the outdoors. I mean, we donate tons of money yeah, to you stuff. So that's that's why I sign up for it. Um, and I love running tournaments. So when the opportunity to come in December when there's like nothing to do, I can bust out my scale and. You know, get up there and do my thing in front of that. I, I, I jumped on the opportunity. That's what it's about for me. And yeah. I guess Chad was probably the kid that his dad carried out to the set for coyote hunting. Yeah, yeah, I was real lucky. You know, I had a, had a dad that was into coyote hunting before coyote hunting was cool. You know, I mean, like we've said, you know, you can you can still go out and call a coyote with just a hand call, but that's 
that's what I grew up with, was no, strictly nothing but a hand call. I mean, back in that day, we didn't have range finders, but you didn't need them. They were either in your lap or within 100 or 200 yards. You weren't taking long shots at coyotes at those days, you know? And it, it is interesting. I, it was just kind of coming to me. You think about the seasons, and everybody's looking forward to dove season, and everybody looks forward to pheasant season or the duck opener or first ice. Coyotes is 365, baby. You know, it never shuts down. It just kind of popped into my head. It's like, that's probably the most accessible thing that we can hunt in South Dakota. It really is. Because, you know, maybe prairie dogs in some areas and stuff. But coyotes are, I mean, it never closes. So if you could figure out those seasons, man, it's, it's you don't have to wait for the opener, right? Yeah. Nope. I, have, I have a really good coyote hunting buddy that uh, we were joking around one day. You know, talking about why we like coyote hunting so much, and he goes, "Well, like deer hunting, you pull the trigger, you're done." Right. So coyote hunting, I just go to the next. Keep side. piling them up, right? <laughs> and we, like we said, they're never going away. I mean, their guys can shoot hundreds of them in a year, and they go back to the same spot the next, next year. year the- I mean, how many times have you been? How many times <laughs> you set the same set in a year? You know, I mean multiple times in a year maybe not every day but i got my honey holes that you know i'll go to you know let's just say if i start hunting usually i really start hunting coyotes hard after deer season um let's say i go to that spot four or five times you know right (laughs) right till march you know yeah it's because it's one that usually is going to produce a coyote you know and, you know, I think one thing that kind of stands out to me, too, and, and this is true for all the outdoors, is everybody kind of gets to find their niche, right? Like, Hole gets really excited about when ice season starts, and I get really mad because Hole's excited that ice season started because I want to go fish out of my boat all year. And fortunately, here in Pier, I can. But, like, you know, Matthew, he now has a awesome warrior tiller that I'm actually pretty pretty jealous of. And, you know, he goes and beats us Tuesday night in league. You know, you go, and now you've got the e-callers. Now you've got the range finders. So it's just taking those things, and it's once you lay that first building block, it just you go and, and run from you run from there. And I think this is just another one of those things, too, that you can make it exactly what you want it to be. Is it what you do in February when you just don't want to ice fish and you want to – but you can't deer hunt anymore, or is it what you do all year round? Because it becomes your thing. That's that's why I love the outdoors because you can do it however you want to, and that's that's what makes that's what makes it cool to me. Yep, all right, hundred percent. And I, I think it, it's you know we're we're all outdoorsmen, you know, quote unquote. And you, I look at the four of us, and we all have kind of you know, like if I called you guys and said, hey, let's go dove hunting. Yeah, we'll go dove hunting. But you know, that's not our main itch, right? you kind of identify as all these things, but the, you know, the one thing that clicks, like ice fishing really clicks to me, even though I have hunting dogs. If I could teach my dogs to ice fish, I'd never press a hunting again. <laughs> if I could get their thumbs to reel <laughs> stuff in. I knew we would get that quote if I said that. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know, you guys are fishermen. I'm an ice fisherman. Keel likes to, to coyote hunt. We all like to deer hunt, but it's that one real thing, but it also can expand into, you know, into other things, or it can go the other way. Like maybe your nephew's buddy, yeah, he likes to hunt. He likes to hunt, and then two, three times coyote hunting. I'm I'm a coyote hunter, right? Now he's got the decal on the back of his pickup, and he's like, "That's the one thing that really, really clicks." You know, all the things trip our trigger, but it's that one thing, and then it's just better for everybody, right? Because now that somebody like Chad, who's really good at it, knows what he's doing, starts to click, and now it's like, "All right, now I want to make my little man a 
I want I want that to click for him. I want it to click for somebody else, you know, to make him a truly dedicated, like, this is what I really, really, really like to do. If I could do one thing, that's what I'm going to do, right? The one really cool thing that I think maybe we overlook or maybe people don't think about for coyote hunting is if, you you know, we pheasant hunt. We get in a line, we walk through a field. Deer hunt, you go set in a tree or you go set up here and you shoot something far away. Duck hunt, you set decoys. This is like the combination of all of them. Right. Right? Like you're learning how to walk into a spot, you set up, and now you're calling in your big game predator. Right? right? Like it's like if you could call deer into you. You know, I know in rut you can rattle them in and do that stuff, but we're bringing these things from, you know, Chad's probably brought them from a mile away, you know. Right. And and I never thought of it until I really started hanging out with Chad and doing it. And I don't go out coyote hunting much because I'm like you. I'm going to go ice yeah. fishing when it's right. wintertime. <laughs> I've got more ice checks and yeah. I think I got you beat. Um, but, uh, you know, that's – and my family loves to ice fish. That's kind of our – that's our shutdown season because we're not running tournaments, although I'm doing more ice fishing tournaments. But um, that's our fun thing in life. But when I walk – when I pull my driveway at night in the wintertime and I can hear dogs howling, I'm like – Oh, yeah, this right. is so cool, yeah, yeah, you right. know, like, and where I live in Spring Creek, the ones in Cow Creek are talking to the ones over here, and yep. you're like, there's nights out there, and now it's like I get excited to hear that noise, yeah. because I know what, you know, and I'm like, Chad, what are we, you know, there's yeah. ones over here, we gotta go get them, like, right. you know. Whose place are they on? Yeah. Do you know those guys? Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, Kurt, I think you bring up a really good point, too, because... I, how I like the outdoors is I like to be like, I did this. I caused this. You know, I tie all my own snails so that when I do just drop a lead weight over the boat, which doesn't sound all that complex, I feel like I did something and yeah. I feel like I, you know, deer hunting, two of my favorite deer hunts ever were in September, early archery season. And I was just, I was on a grunt call and I called in two bucks and one I didn't take a shot at because it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted at that time. And one I missed, but it was still my favorite hunt because I was Holy smokes, I did that. Like, I can sit in the tree. Oh, good. That big guy walked by at the perfect time. I'm a good hunter. Good job, Nick. Here's the picture. Right. Well, and there's but. something to it. It's like duck and goose hunting. I mean, and it's not even that because, like, you see the ducks and they come over and you quack at them or they honk at the goose and they come in. You're talking with this right. animal. It's You're ripping a call. It's responding. Yeah. And there, I mean, literally the hair stands up on the back of your neck the first couple times you do it because you're like oh oh we're having a conversation right, yeah. here like and and that's like that's where i think it's the most unique because like i said the ducks will quack back at you but that howl or that growl or whatever they're doing and then when you get that right thing when you finally say hey let's let's go have let's go let's go have a beer or let's go have, <laughs> yeah, let's right. go play that thing is 300 miles an hour at you and you're like oh, oh you know <laughs> so it's it's a different hunt. It's it's taking everything you love about the outdoors and putting it in one. It's walking out there and setting the set and watching the scenes. It's it's everything all in one, and that's the cool part about coyote hunting. You know, I was able to go with Kurt and his daughter on a deer hunt, and we were on this pasture looking for deer, and we didn't see any deer. My like, Kurt, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up and make a call here. I said. One of two things will happen. A coyote will come in, we'll get to shoot him, or maybe a deer will pop up out of, out of that slough. And a coyote come rolling in, and he come in close. He wasn't stopping. We were in a rock pile. It was coming into the rock pile. Like, it come by, and my daughter couldn't find it in the scope. And I'm like, we couldn't get her turned, and here it's coming into the rock pile. And I pull my gun up, and I go, click. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. It, might, it hit my primer, but the primer never went off. Right. But I mean, he was 10 feet from me. Like, I'm like, if I don't pull this trigger, he's going to be sitting in my lap. <laughs> like, it is coming into this rock pile. Yeah, you know, and it, like I said, going back, Chad turns anything into a coyote hunt, prime example. Right, yeah. We're walking out to find deer, and he's got his calls around yeah. his neck. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I didn't have a gun with me because, you know, I wasn't, yeah, right. I wasn't there to hunt deer. I didn't have a license for that location, and I was just there as a friend helping out. But that, and that goes back to the best part about the outdoors is our, is our memories and our stories. Right. And I don't know how many times we've told that story to different people. I know I've told it hundreds of times. Chad's told it. We've told it in the same group, you know, and it's, it's a great story. Do we, do we harvest anything? No, no. but that coyote, if I mean, uh, I thank God my gun clicked. Right. Otherwise I was throwing it at it. Cause it was coming <laughs> in there. Like yeah. it was going to eat us or <laughs> hang out and find out what was going on in that rock pile. Um, you know, the other thing, and, and I think, Chad, you were there and you were talking about it one time when we were at the Randy Rohde, is when you do this, you know, these coyotes, especially in the winter, you're sitting in their kitchen, right? Yeah. These coyotes, that's their home. They know every bush. They know every rock pile. They know every tree. They know every piece of grass. So if you can convince one and fool them well enough and all of a sudden they don't notice that you're there, right, that... That's a that's an accomplishment, right? You're talking about those accomplishments and those things that start to click and really, and and I'm like, yeah, come walking walking in and there's a you know there's a kid sitting or a dude sitting in your couch and you don't notice it, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh yeah, I walked by, oh I didn't see you there, boom, dead. You know? <laughs> but that's you know, and everybody laughs at that kind of that analogy, but it's a hundred percent right because these critters are smart and they know everything that's there. So if you can get them early and get these kids, you know, these maybe these young coyotes that are running around just got kicked out of the den or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're you're sitting in their living room, and so you got to be careful. And there's all this other stuff to learn other than just calling. And I think this tournament is a, is a great example of how you can get those that learning curve and start kind of lessening that learning curve so you can have success right away or at least early. And and even at this point, seeing them and having those encounters, those are better stories than oh yeah, I made an eight hundred yard shot. And somebody look at Chad Keel and go, you can shoot eight hundred yards? No, well, you can. I can't. <laughs> that would be me, by the way. Yeah, me too. <laughs> one fifty on the deer. When I was telling the story in. about one fifty, that was <laughs> I was telling her not. <laughs> I can't shoot right. further than that, so that's why you're not shooting further you than see that. that one? <laughs> so Predator Hunter Association. Facebook and website, uh, September 22, 23. We're going to keep talking about it, but uh, Kurt and I are involved with the local Delta Waterfall chapter here. we got a dove hunt coming up, too, a youth dove hunt coming yep. up. Yep, uh, September 9th, I Whatever believe it is. week from yeah, tomorrow? Sun- yeah, week from Sunday. Week 10th, then, huh? Yep, September 10th. Um, we're taking 10 to 12 kids um, mm-hmm. out to Levi Newhart's place to set up on dove hunt. Everything is provided. Um, come with your camo. You know, green shirt, brown pants, whatever. You know, just minimal camel. We'll hide you in. Uh, we're going to shoot the doves. We're going to teach you how to clean the doves. We're going to teach you how to cook the doves. So it's going to be a full experience. Uh, get a hold of either myself at uh, 605-350-3845. Uh, Willie Glow. And either one of us will be available to uh, sign your kid up. Willie's number is... Uh, did he it's not? On oh, no, no. It's on every bathroom stall. It's on every bathroom stall. He didn't even put it on Facebook. <laughs> or you can look up uh, Delta Waterfall Pier Chapter on yep. Facebook. 
and find out more information. But yeah, we're going to take those kids out. And like I said, everything's provided. They're going to walk away with some items at the end of the day. I believe this year we got every kid a Mojo Dove. Um, so they're going to get a, a too, yeah, they're going to, they're going to get the decoys to take home with them and it'll be a pretty cool deal. And it's, it's great. Like Delta waterfall, like Delta waterfall is helping fund this hunt. They're buying the gun for this hunt. So that's a great thing. Delta waterfall is paying for that hunt. That's their contribution to get back kids back in the outdoors, get kids in the outdoors period. So it's a great deal to, uh, be able to be part of. And like I said, Chris, why do we do it? This is, you know, This is why we do it. I was fortunate enough to grow up with a dad that loved to hunt and fish. Um, there's plenty of kids out there that didn't. Right. You know, I think, you know, R3 is a huge thing for you guys. Yes. I think R3 should have been started 20, 30 years ago. You know, we'd be in a lot better place. Right. We're very we're very reactive. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's definitely. Yeah. And, it, you know, there is a whole generation, and, and it's Nick. You know, it's See, that kids, I told you guys. Kids that are Nick's age at 24, you know, maybe 30 to 20 that we missed growing up, right? We missed catching those kids hunting and fishing. It's the explosion of the youth sports, and it's, there's a lot of things. And now we're seeing a lot of the people that age go, God, I kind of want to get back into that, you know? So there's a lot of programming that we do as a department, and there's other groups in, in Pierre and in South Dakota that are taking those people out. But we can't forget about the kids that are coming up either because we want to catch them because you're right. They have parents that didn't hunt and fish and maybe are even uncomfortable with the thought of it. And it's like, no, we, you know, we can teach you, but we can, if we can get these kids, you know, little man's age, Mm -hmm. your daughter's age, my daughter's age. Okay. Now I'm taking you. All right. Now you got to bring some friends. I'm that, I'm at that point with Charlie. Like you, you have to bring friends. Well, they don't necessarily hunt or fish. All right. We're going to take them fishing. Yep. Like, we're going to take four hours, and we're going to go fish, and then we're going to eat them or whatever. But, so, it, it's it's easy to catch them at that age. At least start tickling that, you know, like, yeah, they got soccer, they got sports. But, no, you want to do this with dad or with friends or whatever. It's easy to catch them there. As they get older, man, it gets tougher. I mean, you know, you're seeing it with your daughter. It's, they got a hundred different things going on. Nick's, mm-hmm. Nick's uh, brothers and sisters, they busier than any of us were ever you know my kid too but if we can catch them a little bit earlier and do these things like the dove hunt everybody that i knew that's how you got hooked on the hunting is sitting on a bucket with a box of 410 shells shooting at air you know yeah. and maybe you hit a few and god these are really good on the grill and and but because it, it, it's so easy to do you know you just need a little water a little small grain and an evening or a morning yeah the, the access is everywhere right and right that's hundred percent correct you know but like my daughter hasn't missed an opening dove since she could hunt right and this morning she's like um i'm gonna go to the football game tonight right so you know and i can't tell her no we're gonna hunt you know saturday we're gonna hunt you know the rest Mm -hmm. of the weekend but they get to that age your daughter's at that age where they're sports i mean these sports don't quit no i mean your daughter's playing softball year round my daughter's playing soccer year round i mean you don't quit right and it's good i mean Look at our pure governor football. They built something that, I mean, your Huskers, they could probably beat them. <laughs> I'm sure they could. <laughs> but, and then I hope they go to the Huskers <laughs> after. But you, you know you what I mean? You, you know, that, that's the thing. And take this take this time because there's going to be a time that them kids grow out of them sports ages. The the likelihood of some of these, a lot of these kids ever going to continue this as a career is none. But if we can get them before that starts or even a few times in there, when their life's 
quote unquote slows down if it ever does, they're going to remember these things and they're going to go, hey, remember that time that we went on that coyote hunt? Probably maybe they hadn't done it in ten years. Right. Let's go try that. You right. know, we're looking for something to do and. Um, you know, I would like I said, fortunate to grow up in South Dakota, fortunate to have a dad that loved the outdoors. Um, and there was times he forced me to go fishing or hunting when I didn't want to go. And looking back, I'm I'm okay that I didn't go, but I'm like, gosh, I should take more sure of those opportunities. Yep. You know, and, and that's the thing. I look at my daughter and be like, you know, we're going to go do this dove hunt. And she's like, yeah, stuff hunting. I'm like, you're going to get to experience something that you may never experience right. again. You know, like every time's a new memory. I mean... How many times you went out and it could be the biggest, you think it's going to be the biggest bust and it's the best fishing trip of your life. Right. You know, um, that one moment out there, that's the great thing about the outdoors and outdoor sports is nothing can go right. And right. the moment it does, it's, you right. have, you have stories for the rest of your life. Right. So, um, you know, my focus, I'm fortunate. I live in a beautiful place. I've got the time, um, and I've set my life up around the outdoors my next thing with the fishing crew is uh, youth tournaments. So I'm working heavily. I've been with the South Dakota High School Activities Association right to bring a, bring a high school, a middle school to high school age fishing tournaments, um, kind of like they do down south. Yep. We don't do it here in South Dakota. Um, there's some attempts at it, but it really doesn't pan out. And I've been in contact with Bass. I've been in contact with the wall, the, the, the federation. And they have their criteria, and I said, I'm going to do my own because I don't want to be have to have kids, so many kids signed up, have to have the school yep. signed up. Right. I want one kid from every school that's got a buddy that maybe he doesn't hunt. Like you said, Charlie's making people come with her. You're making that happen. Okay, right. now Charlie signs up, and she's going to grab the kid over here and say, you're right. fishing this with me. You know, So right. it just takes one experience yep. and to hook them for the rest of their life. So youth involvement in the outdoors is critical because I couldn't have – 200 teams in the governor's cup next year if these guys didn't get hooked at some point right you know and i think one thing that really stands out to me too and this kind of capsulates the entire conversation predator hunting is year round you know we have dove season here in september fishing we can obviously fish year round um but you know like myself i played 115 to 130 baseball games a year i love deer hunting because that was the only month and a half that i wasn't actually playing baseball you know growing up so i mean that's one of those things is that's what i started was i started deer hunting just because of that i didn't fish because that's what I what I did all summer was play baseball, and now my arm hurts a lot less now, so that's good. <laughs> but now with all the jigging wrapping, we're back to arm pain, yep. so oh, that yeah. kind of stinks. <laughs> that's why we still like to troll. My arm doesn't like that. Um, but you know, that's just one of those things. There's so many opportunities here. Whether it's just a couple times, whatever you can do, this is this is really how you go and, and get these kids hooked and. I mean, Charlie's a little bit better swimmer than me. Probably not by too much. But I mean, you know, maybe so. Maybe she's not available in February. But I mean, I know I've February... seen you in your boat with water wings on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about your swimming ability. <laughs> I'm serious, we're not doing another one of these. <laughs> Bring our biologist back on. They, they're nice to me. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's kind. Of, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from all this is, you know, this is there's so many opportunities out there to get involved. Just. You don't have to go full bore. Just, you know, yeah. dip your toes in, even if you're wearing water wings. It's okay. Like you said, if, I mean, one of these kids goes out Kyle hunting, maybe Kyle hunting ain't their thing, but they're going to say, you know, this outdoors thing's really cool. I want to do something. Right. You know? Yep. Something that just catches them, right? Chad, you also do the Randy Rohde Memorial Tournament. That's uh -huh. later in the winter. Yep. 
that's a big contest. Randy was probably, I like I always called him South Dakota's Grizzly Adams because man, that guy. I mean, there are stories of him, you know, limping out of you know the bottom of the Missouri River, you know, Lake Hawaii up to his four wheeler after he broke his leg and you know all that stuff. Talk about that tournament a little bit and when that's going to be. And so the Randy Rodeo tournaments in December. Um, we do we. Year six, seven now. I'm not 100 percent sure on the year we're on now. No. We do this tournament in memory of Randy. Randy was a, a state trapper or wildlife damage specialist for GFP for years. Um, Randy was kind of one of the guys that pioneered uh, the decoy dog use for coyote hunting in South Dakota. So in this tournament, we allow one decoy dog to be used by a team by each team if they if they choose to. December is not really time of year where decoy dogs are real crucial to have out there. They're not a huge advantage, so it doesn't put our guys that are just strictly callers at a disadvantage right. that way. Um, it kind of makes everybody an even playing field. You know, but the big thing is we put on this contest in memory of Randy. Randy was huge with youth involvement also. Um, and then with the proceeds that we get from the tournament, that all goes back into a a fun where we give it to youth shooting groups here around Central South Dakota. Right. Yeah, that's that's a cool one. I've got to be involved with that a couple times. But you know, anybody that knows Randy shows up whether they're hunting or not, and, and the same stories get told, and they, mm -hmm. the laughter gets bigger every year. You know, yeah. and, and you know, at this tournament, we still you know after the tournament's over, uh, Randy's boys are there every year, and you know the Randy stories come out, yeah. and it's. You know, we probably tell the same ones every right. every year, but you know, like I tell everybody, my first memory of Randy was at a coyote calling tournament, and like you said, he looked like Grizzly Adams, but he had long hair, and he had pink pigtails in our little ponytail holders, and he had his hair in double pigtails. <laughs> like, Who's that guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that contest, like I said, I I didn't know Randy, um, but over the years of helping with that, I felt like I. I can tell a few Randy stories, right. but like the one year his kids, they don't even live here anymore, and they all come back, yep. and the boys went out, and they shot a coyote with dad's gun, Yeah, and there, you know, they got the coyote mounted, and I mean, just, I think that was their first time hunting. It was just, it was their first coyote without dad, without, without right. dad, but yep. it was with his gun, his call, yep. right. so I mean, it was really cool. Yeah. And so, to be part of that, and like I said, watch the community come in, they're there's people that are not even going to go out coyote hunting right. and that support the thing and come and raise a bunch of money for these youth shooting sports because that's what Randy, Randy Puckey said, kind of was all about bringing the kids into the deal. And it's really awesome to be able to walk out and hand four or $5,000 out to the trap shooters, to, right. to all these different, the BB gunners, all these different shooting sports for these kids. And like I said, great partners in that as well. Delta Waterfall, you know, uh, Ray's Garage, Wheelhouse, mm -hmm. Auto Body, all them guys step up and donate guns yeah, so we can sell right. tickets for them. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and that's the thing is you walk in there and there's a 243 sitting on the shelf and like, hi, I already have a 243, but every guy whips out a $100 bill to buy them yep. because they know what it's for. Right. You know, so pretty yeah. cool. Cool stuff. Well, boys, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. It's good stuff. The Predator Hunter Association on Facebook or the website. Uh, September 22, 23, still taking, still taking yep, kids. Yep, we still have some openings, so get 
get a hold of us and we'll get you on the books. Pretty rare opportunity. You don't need to know anything. You don't need to have anything. You get to hunt with a probably a world, literally a world class predator hunter, and you're going to learn a bunch of stuff. It's good stuff. So, Chad Keel, thank you very much for being here. Yes, sir. Underhill, it's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. Any, anytime you want me to come harass Nick, I'm in. <laughs> Thanks, I'm boys. co-host now. This is, this is after a co-host. Demanding co-host status. So. Well, we had to bring him back down right. after he got his co-host status. On this one. That ego needs to stay at that level. Job, <laughs> Thanks, boys. Thanks for your time. We appreciate the heck out of it. Just best power that's in bottom me. Good stuff from the guys. Appreciate Kurt and Chad for being here. Uh, both of them do a ton of work uh, with youth opportunities and hunting and fishing, and both good dudes. Known them for a long time. Appreciate them taking the time uh, on a Friday morning to come and chat with us about the Predator Hunter Association. Uh, youth contest, I guess. Youth tournament calling contest. Um, get out and enjoy the weekend. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Uh, if you're at the fair, the big one in Huron this weekend, stop by the GFP booth. We've got tons of stuff going on, tons of giveaways. I will be there Sunday and Monday working. It's going to be a hot one. So uh, stay hydrated, whatever you're doing. But get out, try to shoot some doves. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit, but dove hunting, man, for a lot of us, uh, especially me, um, it was a way, a really, really good way to get involved in hunting. Um, it's fairly controlled. Uh, it's easy to do. You're sitting on a bucket. Um, you know, your mentor, your adult, or your experienced hunter can sit and watch and make sure gun safety is important. Uh, yeah, they're hard to hit, but uh, it's a ton of fun. Good way to get uh, maybe shake a little bit of the rust off before pheasant season or duck season or whatever season you want to go and do. But uh, get out and dove hunt. I haven't dove hunted the opener in a long time because I'm usually at the fair. But uh, this year, I think I'm going to go out today and shoot a little 410 over and under that I bought for my daughter a few years back. And uh, shoot some holes in the sky and maybe shoot a few doves too. But have fun. Don't forget to... Uh, Keep your fishing rods handy because the fish are going to start biting uh, with that fall bite coming. It's always really good. Uh, maybe even do a cast and blast um, if you want. But uh, have fun. Get out there. Enjoy the last bits of summer. Uh, maybe I'll see you at the fair. But if not, I'll see you next time. Next afternoon, show back to my car. So dang far to the key of flipping a horn with my head. Call a friend to jump more than my battery's dead.